Morning, Anne. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're all good here. Shall we dive right into it? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So this first article uh, talks about the uh, abstaining in the UN vote. Malaysia has abstained from a United Nations General Assembly vote to suspend Russia from the UN Human Rights Council. The foreign ministry stressed that a critical decision should not be made in haste. However, Suhakam Commissioner Gerald Joseph expressed disappointment over the decision Putrajaya has made. So the question is, although Malaysia was not the only country to abstain from voting, what could this suggest for Malaysia's diplomacy? I think to take this discussion further, uh, we'd probably like to highlight what U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Miss Linda Thomas-Greenfield, I mean, she said a couple of days ago that uh, right now the world was looking at the United Nations and people are asking, the international community to be exact, is asking if the UN is a platform for propaganda and a safe haven for human rights abuses, or if the UN was prepared to live up to its highest ideals as enshrined in the UN Charter. Now, um, Hence, when the United Nations General Assembly voted to suspend Russia from the UN Human Rights Council, the world body ensured a persistent human rights violator will not be allowed to occupy a position of leadership on human rights at the UN. Now, Malaysia being one of the 58 countries that had abstained in the voting on April 7th, which saw 93 member states voting in favour, while another 24 against the resolution, Malaysia's decision to abstain can be looked upon as one that is diplomatic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But the question here is, should diplomacy be at the forefront when considering such a stance? Now, the fact the whole world is looking at what's happening in Ukraine and what the international community is doing to uphold human rights, now that should be taken into account by Malaysia when making its decision to vote on suspending Russia from the UN Human Rights Council. Now, this would have been the best time for Malaysia to show its seriousness in condemning the atrocities alleged to have been perpetrated by Russian troops. And not only that, the gross and systematic violations of human rights committed by Russia. Right, so 650 customers have filed a 650 million ringgit class action suit against CIMB for negligence over a processing error that left their accounts frozen and in debt. The group are seeking an overall recovery and at least 1 million ringgit to be awarded in aggravated damages to each account holder. Now, As banking security is a serious issue, what could this signal to other banking institutions? Now, if we look at what has happened here, um, this issue has been ongoing for some time. Yes, we know that. And Bank Negara has gotten involved in it and so on and so forth. But to ensure that every step undertaken by the bank to resolve their negligence over a processing error, for example, is actually lawful. Now, that should be that step should be undertaken by every bank to ensure that uh, however they want to resolve their negligence, it has to be lawful and legal and not otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the, in fact, as financial institutions, um, these banks have the duty of care towards all customers and also depositors to ensure that transactions related to, to their accounts can be made. You know, however, in this situation, what we saw and what we uh, have read is that the customers claimed that they had suffered and faced difficulties um, because they were unable to use their accounts as the bank had frozen them. 
Um, therefore, I believe that banks should remain committed to ensuring a fair and managed resolution with affected customers and not cause them disarray and suffering from difficulties as such. To me, what's interesting about this is that CIMB are also mm. countersuing, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. Um, they are countersuing, uh, saying that they are not liable for what has been uh, brought up by the customers. That's right. So why not argue that based on the original suit? Mm, well, it's because um, the original suit is very much against CIMB. I mean, it highlights all the negligence that has happened from day one and up to the point when the resolution was being done by CIMB, even then it has caused uh, difficulties for customers to even use their accounts and you know uh, I think a certain amount of money also was withdrawn from these accounts without the knowledge of the customers. So uh, the fact that um, you know such actions has been undertaken by the bank is something which is uh, which is under the law it is uh, firstly unlawful and illegal and uh, those are the um, facts that will be brought up in the case. The Penang State Government has planned to implement a three-in-one marketing strategy to spur and attract tourism demand for the state in the international market. State Executive Councillor for Tourism and Creative Economy Yeo Sun Hin said this strategy will involve aviation, hotels and attractions. Now, this isn't a new strategy, but will it uh, be sufficient in recovering Penang's economy? All right. Um, this is a really um, good issue, I think, to um, not only discuss, but the fact that you know Penang is doing so much uh, to revive its economy, especially the tourism sector, because as you and I know, uh, Penang is a haven uh, for tourists and uh, for food, right? Um, so the Penang state government, uh, from what we have read uh, since the first MCO, in fact, has planned and executed many programs because these programs were already there before uh, the, our first MCO in 2020 and it has always been spurred to the tourism sector but I think that uh, besides the three-in-one marketing strategy you know the ultimate is also the Penang Vision 2030 uh, and that aims to improve uh, livability, economy, uh, civil participation, you have balanced development, all to achieve a green and smart Penang state. So uh, this, I think, as a whole will put put Penang's economy back on track uh, since it involves aviation, hotels, and also attractions. And um, this is to ensure that the state would be in full steam ahead of its recovery journey. So it's not just the three-in-one marketing strategy that would put that will put Penang's economy back on the recovery path, but also all these are the programs which are being spurred by the state government and uh, so based on this strategy um, the malaysian um, aviation group as you can see will reinstate penang as the northern region based hub uh, for firefly uh, and that is effective on april 11 so this is very important to put the penang state government and also uh, penang back on track 
Three passengers who boarded Malaysia Airlines flight MH2664 last Sunday are seeking the airline and the Malaysian Civil Aviation Authorities to conduct a transparent investigation into the plane's emergency incident. They could not accept the excuse that it turned back due to technical problems compounded by bad weather en route, as the weather was clear at the time. With the borders reopening and flights increasing, how can these incidences be best addressed? I think this has brought to light the fact that any flight mishaps or aviation incidents, or in this case, the one that involves Malaysia Airlines flight um, MH2664, now it should be investigated. And um, not only that, its report should be made public. Uh, why? To increase the airline's transparency in handling such incidents. Failure to do so uh, may affect the airline's uh, credibility. Apart from that, also its capability in servicing its passengers. And that is, of course, especially from the safety and security point of view. We have Malaysia now uh, transitioning, as you know, into the endemic phase. And um, our expectation is that there will definitely be a significant rise in aircraft number, in flight frequency. Now, if a thorough investigation is not conducted immediately, like on the black box, um, uh, this will definitely affect the airline's credibility um, as it involves public safety. And people need to be given that confidence to fly again, right, After um, since many have not done so over the past two years. Isn't yes. the fact that the flight turned back, doesn't that come under the SOP for an emergency situation as opposed to pushing through regardless? Yes, and that has happened numerous numerous times with even other flights. As you know, uh, in the past, that has happened when, uh, you know, so-called technical mm. uh, failure or technical problems arise. So one of the standard operating procedures, as you said just now, was to turn back the flight. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Okay, because presumably, if I'm not mistaken, there is a point of no return where it just, the prudent thing to do would be Once you've gone past that point, then you carry on to your destination. So my question is predicated on this idea that, well, isn't this best practice? And that's why I'm I'm wondering about the the dissatisfaction from the passenger's point of view. Yeah, I know where you're getting at. The fact that it is it is one of the best practices um, which is implemented by the airline and of course the pilot. You know, Uh, but in this case, I I think additional part this story is the fact that. Passengers on that particular flight are demanding for an investigation and that investigation should be made public Mm. to increase transparency. I think in the past we have... Uh, we have known uh, of, of flights which have been turned back and, and it, it, it just ends there, you know. That's, yep. we, we don't hear of, uh, you know, what, what, what went wrong, what exactly went wrong, you know. Um, and I do understand that why it should be made public is because not only to increase the confidence of passengers or people who want to fly, um, but also the fact that we need to find out what should be avoided and mm. how to improve on uh, you know the flight maintenance or you know anything to avoid 
all these technical problems. The missing diving tragedy has come to a conclusion as two of the missing divers were found, while the 14-year-old had unfortunately died of exhaustion. Malaysian Maritime Enforcement Agency, the MMEA, Johor Director First Admiral Nurul Hizam Zakaria said the operation ended at 1.30pm. So the question is, what are the safety measures by maritime authorities in Malaysia to avoid these situations from occurring in the future? Yes, Nanam. I think this is indeed a very tragic incident. I believe maritime authorities have to seriously implement a series of safety measures because this is not the first time something like this is happening. I know of incidents even every day when um, fishermen also go missing from their boats, Mm -hmm. you know, because we need to avoid such situations from occurring in the future. Uh, In this incident also, uh, we, we saw the skipper of the boat whose boat was boarded by the four foreign divers being tested positive for drugs. Mm. Uh, this itself has raised yeah, some element of negligence. And the authorities uh, are said to be now investigating their diving equipment, the dive centre and so on. In fact, a forensic team has also arrived to investigate any misconduct and, and so on. Now, based on the outcome of these investigations, the authorities need to undertake safety measures. Um, that should definitely be at the top at, of their list and the priority uh, to ensure that their equipments are seaworthy and the diving areas are safe for such uh, diving activities. Uh, and the crew, uh, including the skipper uh, himself, has to be certified as being fit and not under the influence of drugs or anything like that in this situation. I think all these have to be taken into account when implementing uh, safety measures or standard operating procedures for that matter. So in a situation like this, because I'm completely unaware, um, is this an enforcement issue or um, do operators, for example, as as the one that you've pointed out, possibly Mm. point you to some negligence there? Is there a level of self-regulation? Okay, that is really a good question as well, because this is not just happening today or yesterday. I mean, this sort of diving activities and all we hear happening, of course, uh, it's the main attraction also for Malaysia, for tourists and uh, our locals, you know, but Mm -hmm. in terms of whether uh, they self-regulate or not, I'm sure there is, uh, especially when it uh, involves uh, diving companies, uh, you know, uh, there is a list of safety measures that they will need to undertake and has to be undertaken uh, professionally. Uh, But I think in terms of whether they are enforced, now that's another question that we need to answer and for the authorities to answer for that matter because um, so far there has not been any strict uh, safety measures uh, being enforced to ensure these sort of incidents do not occur. I think it's definitely time for all that.